Shepherd. So good. So good. All right. Well, we are in a summer series. Anyone know what it's called? Road trip, of course. Road trip. I hope you're enjoying the journey. Anybody enjoying the journey? Did you enjoy the junk food last Sunday? <laughs> if you were here, uh, underneath your seat was um, a bunch of saturated fat. I hope you enjoyed dying. All right. <laughs> quick recap. We started our journey by saying that if you ever want to go on the road trip, if you're going to even get out of the driveway, you got to count the cost. Jesus was very serious about that. He said, if you want to be my disciple, what? You got to give up everything. You got to count the cost. The next week we said that we all start as infants in the journey of life, that there's grace in the mess. Amen. Right. Anybody? Hallelujah. There's grace in the mess. But God also, as much as we start as infants, he doesn't want us to stay that way. He wants us to grow up into spiritual maturity. Then we talked about recalculating on the road trip. That one was kind of tough. If you remember, I talked about wandering. Anybody ever wander besides me on the road trip of life? Do you remember me talking about my gambling addiction? Do you remember me pretty much just crying the entire message? Wow, that was exhausting. I slept really well that night. But if you remember, we said that, hallelujah, praise the Lord, we can repent, right? Praise the Lord, we can repent. We can turn, we can change course, and we can walk into the plans that he has for us. He is so good at letting us repent and come back to him. Wayne, Wayne Ferris, who's actually, by the way, preaching in Clarkston right now, which kind of gives me goosebumps to know that Life Spring is going out and preaching at these different places. He's been preaching there the last two Sundays, but he preached on the rest stop of life. And then Jeremy, Jeremy, just want to say in front of everybody how wonderful you did last week. This is a new journey for Jeremy preaching publicly and praise the Lord, man. Just really powerful stuff. And what did he talk about, right? Don't eat the AM, PM convenience store junk. Get into the bread of life, the satisfying, nourishing, rich bread of life, Jesus Christ. All right, so here we are. Four more weeks, by the way. August, we're going to do something completely different. But for the next four weeks, I just want you to know, I think it's a group of messages that will speak to us. I I have a hunch. I just got a feeling uh, that it's going to speak to most of us in this room. By the way, I hope we always have that expectation that the Lord would speak to us. Do you? When you come into a room like this, when you gather, whether it's a living room or a park or the ocean, that when you're with your brothers and sisters in Christ, guess what? The church of God is gathered there. And so you'd have the expectation that the Holy Spirit of God would speak to you. But I've noticed. That you have to take a step forward, don't you? There's an intentional step forward that you have to take to to lean in, I would say. I think that's a great way to think about it, where you lean in and you willingly choose to listen to the Lord. Sometimes I I think it's a conscious step where you almost say, you know, I don't know what anybody else is doing here. Have you ever been there on on a Sunday morning and I don't know where you are, whether you're in the back or in the front? You go, but regardless of what other people are doing today, I am leaning in. I am going to listen to you, Lord. Lord, your servant is listening. Speak, Lord. Anybody, right? You know, just like, I am coming forward. Because everyone's like, well, they're not doing it, so maybe I should. Well, they're not. Well, maybe. No, like, no, forget that. Jesus, speak to me. Your servant is listening. A great example happened uh, just two weeks ago. As you guys know, uh, vacation uh, for our family in June is Cannon Beach Conference Center. And you guys hear me talk about that every year. Cannon Beach Conference Center is the 10th year of us going on this vacation. But it, they call it vacation with a purpose. And that's because you go uh, do something that most people would never do on their vacation. Uh, you go to church. And you go to church a lot. In fact, they have 12 services that you go to. Each service is 90 minutes long with the music and with the preaching. Now, we skipped two of them. And God forgave us for that. So we made it to 10. Uh, if you 
I think on a curve, though. No, wait, it's not workspace. It's grace space. Never mind. Okay, so we, we made it to 10. And we sang songs and we listened to the sermon. But I noticed just a couple of the services, something happened. And I'm just being honest with you guys. When I had this thing out in my hand. Oh, this thing. Don't you know, you, does anyone else have a love-hate relationship with this thing? Right. And when I had this thing in my hand, I was still in the room. I, I still heard the music. I, I still, oh, someone, let's see what they took. Never mind. So anyways, I'll put it back in my pocket so it doesn't distract me. But there was still music going on. There was still a preacher preaching. The word of God was still being professed by a man up on the stage. But I began to notice that those messages from the word of God, they were not stirring me up like I knew that the word of God should stir me up. But it wasn't because, let's be honest, if you have your Bible, just grab your Bible. Think about the Bible. It wasn't because the word of God had lost its power or lost its effectiveness. It was because I, Daniel Allen Bursch, was distracted, distracted in my mind, distracted in my heart. My mind, my heart, they were not fully engaged. I wasn't focused. And, and I'm not against phones, but I will tell you, I am against anything that would distract us from being fully present with the Lord. And I get it. Anyone else use your Bible for the, the Bible app? I mean, that's one of the greatest uses of technology. I love it. But could we also just make the commitment to be fully engaged, that we wouldn't let anything, anyone distract us from hearing from the Lord? Amen? Are we good with that? Okay. That was very uh, parenty of me, but I just want to encourage all of us. I'm just like you. When I get that thing out, uh, some people can multitask. I cannot. I'm one thing at a time. So let's make that one thing a person, and his name is Jesus. The message today is simple. I want to show us through the word of God that none of us have to travel through life alone. None of us go on the road trip alone. God is ready, willing, and able to help us, lead us, guide us on the journey of life. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, there is the power of the Holy Spirit in this room. I just thank you so much for what you're doing. I pray that you would move in a way that would go beyond just our humanness, but would go to the supernatural, uh, just true supernatural will of God flowing through this place, that we begin to let go of our plans and our purposes, even our agenda, and we begin to see your river flow in our lives like never before. Catch us up, God. Sweep us off our feet. In your name we pray. Amen. So if you have your Bibles, open them up to the Gospel of John. Gospel of John, right towards the beginning of the New Testament. We're hitting a few passages here. First one is found in John chapter 13. So Gospel of John and the New Testament, chapter 13. Now before I start reading, I just want you to... Go along with me on this for for just a second. I want you to think for a moment, what must have it been like to be Jesus's disciple while he was walking on this earth? You ever think about that? I think as a kid, I thought about that all the time. What must have it been like to sit at the feet of Jesus? What must have it been like to hear his teaching on the hillside? What? Come on. What must have it been like to see all of those miracles? Come on, right? All of those healings that Jesus performed. Around three years, his closest disciples, that's what they got to experience. They were with Jesus. They followed Jesus. They went wherever he went. So wherever he would go, they would go. Wherever to the left, he'd go to the left. To the right, they'd go to the right. Now imagine this as well. Do you remember counting the cost? That first Sunday, what did I say? You have to give up everything to be his disciple. So guess what those disciples did? 
They gave up. How much do you think they gave up? They gave up everything. Now put yourself in that position. So whatever you have, whatever you are, just imagine walking away from it all to follow Jesus. Again, this is what it was like for those 12 disciples. They depended on Jesus for everything. Even Peter declares, he goes, man, Jesus, where else would we go? For in you are the words of eternal life. But then Jesus brings his disciples together for a meal. We, we call it the Last Supper. Anyone heard of the Last Supper? Who's the famous artist that painted the, the Last Supper? Da Vinci, right? He got some things right, maybe a couple of things wrong, but... The Last Supper. We, we all know that. If I say the Last Supper, we go, oh yeah, of course, the Last Supper. By the way, they probably didn't know it was the Last Supper. But um, we get to read ahead, so we know it was the Last Supper. There's so much recorded about the Last Supper in the book of John. It actually takes up chapters 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. Chapter 13, Jesus, he reveals that Jesus is, uh, or that Judas is going to betray him. Remember Judas. And he goes to Judas. He says, Judas, what you're about to do, do quickly. So Judas leaves. Judas is gone, and after he's gone, he goes to his other disciples, and he says this in chapter 13, verse 33. He says, my children. I just pictured Jesus leaning in to them. My children, I will be with you only a little longer. You're going to look for me, just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now, where I am going, you cannot come. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know you're my disciples if you love one another. Simon Peter, he asks, Lord, where are you going? Again, remember, these are people who have given up everything to follow him. Everything to follow Jesus. You go to the left, I'm going to the left. You go to the right, I'm going to the right. Jesus, where are you going? Jesus says, Peter, where where I'm going, you, you cannot follow now, but you will follow later. Peter's like, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. But just think, again, put yourself in their position. Just think what it would be like if you were in that room. You've been following Jesus. Now he says, guys, guess what? Listen in. I'm leaving where I'm going. You can't come right now. And again, this is the guy you've given up everything to be with for the past three years. Can you imagine what it must have felt like in that moment? I'm sure there was almost just this feeling of disbelief like this cannot be. Hopefully, and hopefully this is coming to you this morning. Hopefully you can even understand why Peter would talk the way he's talking, right? Come on. It's like, Lord, where, where are you going? Wherever you are. No, Jesus. If you're there, I'm there too. Like, I want to go, and I'm not waiting. Like, I'm going now. You are everything. Like, I would lay down my life for you, Jesus. Where you are is where I want to be. I just, I think we got to understand that. Jesus leaving them and not being with them, it does not make sense to the disciples. So, again, just imagine what kind of maybe would have crept into that room at that point. Can you imagine the different things that would have crept into that room? Maybe a little bit of fear. Maybe a little anxiety. Maybe feelings of abandonment. Worry. Jesus, you, you can't leave. Je- Jesus, who, who would answer all my questions? Jesus, who would teach me? Jesus, who would show me how to face the challenges of life? Jesus, Jesus. What must have that 
felt like for the disciples. Again, it's almost, I think, impossible for us to really get the disciples and what they truly felt. Because in 2018, we get to know the rest of the story, don't we? We have the word of God. We get to read, yeah, Jesus died, but then he rose again. He was resurrected on the third day. We get to hear all of that. But at this point... All they know is their teacher, their rabbi. He is leaving them. And as much as we can feel that this morning, now with that in mind, I want you to hear Jesus' very next words to them in the next chapter. Flip your page, chapter 14. I don't have to read, I have time to read all of his words, but here's just a few of the words that Jesus says to these guys who just heard from the mouth of their Messiah, of their rabbi, I am leaving and you cannot come with me. This is what he tells them next. He says, lean in. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house, it has many rooms. If it were not so, would have I told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and if I prepare a place for you, I will come back. Oh, can you imagine what that must have been like? I'm going to come back. I'm actually going to take you to be with me. That you would be also where I am. If you love me, keep my commands and I'll ask the Father. I'll ask the Father. He'll actually send you another advocate. And this advocate, he will help you. He will be with you forever. He is the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But but you know him, my friends. You know him. He lives with you and he will be in you. Praise the Lord. He goes, and this, all that I've spoken, I, I've spoken while I'm still with you. But the advocate, the, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he's going to teach you all things. W- would you just say with me, church, all things? Hey, he's going to teach you all things. He will remind you. This is Jesus. He's speaking right now. He goes, disciples, friends, the Holy Spirit, the advocate, he will teach you all things. He will remind you of everything I have said to you. So peace, I leave you. Peace, I leave you. My peace, I give you. You guys already know this by now, but I don't give as the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled. My friends, those who I love so much, do not be afraid. Now, none of you ask me, where are you going? Rather, you're just filled with grief because I've said these things. But very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, again, the advocate, he will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Now, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he'll guide you into all the truth. He won't speak on his own. He'll only speak what he hears, and he'll tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. To a small group of scared And frightened disciples, Jesus brings them close to himself. He reminds them, he goes, you know, guys, I'm leaving. Yes, I'm leaving, but I'm leaving to prepare a place for you. And while you're still on this earth, you just need to know this. You're not going to be orphaned. You're not going to be alone. In fact, I'm going to the Father to send you the Holy Spirit. And by the Holy Spirit, I'm actually going to be closer to you than I've ever been before. And the Holy Spirit, he's going to remind you of everything that I've said. He's going to guide you into all the truth, not just half truth, just kind of some of the truth, like even 90% of the truth. He's leading you, guiding you into all the truth. In fact, he is your advocate. He will be your helper. So my friends, peace, peace, peace. I give you my peace. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. 
I was thinking about it this week, church. As, as much as he spoke these words of encouragement to his disciples 2,000 years ago, I think he's speaking the same message to us today. Right? Jesus, he wants us to know. Out of his heart, out of his love, his passion, he wants us to know God is with us. Jesus didn't abandon us. Jesus didn't forsake us. God is with us. And it's even better, by the way, than when Jesus was walking with the disciples. It's even better. Did you know that? See, if Jesus was still walking the earth, track with me for just a second. If Jesus was walking the earth, you would have to wait until he made his rounds to the Pacific Northwest to see him, right? Well, I heard he's right now, he's in Europe, he's hitting the Asia circuit, and then he's, you know, going over to Africa. But I heard, uh, there's a rumor he's actually in the United States, so that's really exciting. He, but he's eventually going to make it to the Pacific Northwest. And then, if he made it to the Pacific Northwest, like, maybe you'd be lucky enough to kind of get close to him like oh man i heard like he's in you know about 30 minutes south of seattle in this town called edgewood yeah jesus is walking down meridian how cool is that and and you know there's like probably rows deep of people trying to see jesus and if you can just kind of squeeze in and touch his robe it's 2018 probably not a robe it's like a, a polo shirt and khakis like if i can just touch his khakis like just a touch of his khakis but instead praise the lord jesus Asked his father to send the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit who actually dwells in us. We don't have to find him. Right? We don't have to find him like the Holy Spirit was the main speaker at this big rally at Safeco Field. Or the Holy Spirit was like just hanging out at that revival down in Sumner. No. See, we get to actually have this great experience where we don't have to go find him. He finds us. When we, when you put, just think about this. When you put your faith in Jesus Christ, he sends the Holy Spirit rushing into your life and he makes his home in you. Praise the Lord. And so Jesus tells us the Holy Spirit who now lives in us, who lives in me, he's my advocate. He's my helper. He's the spirit of truth. He reminds me of everything Jesus has said, and he will be with me forever and ever. Amen. Amen. So it's good news on this road trip because the Holy Spirit is in us. You don't have to use OnStar. Anyone accidentally pushed the OnStar button before? That's embarrassing. Oh, sorry. That, that was totally my kid pushed it. Uh, yeah, totally. Uh. Don't have to reach out to AAA. You gotta love AAA when your van gets stuck on the beach. I wish I had it then. But you don't even have to reach out to AAA. You don't even have to have one of those automated cars. You guys heard about the automated cars? How cool is that? You don't need one because Carrie Underwood told me Jesus takes the wheel. Come on, the Holy Spirit, He is not far off in the distance. Bet Mittler, by the way, got it wrong. God is not watching us from a distance. He is actually leading us, guiding us from the inside out. As a believer in Jesus, you do not have to find God. God, praise the Lord, by His grace, He found you. He is right now in you. He dwells in your body, the very temple of God, forever and ever and ever. Amen. Hallelujah. Everybody say, I have a helper. I have a helper, Holy Spirit. The helper. Have you ever experienced the help of the Holy Spirit? Thank you, Jesus, right? <laughs> right? Just thank you, Jesus. Sometimes his help comes in the form of conviction. Have you heard of the conviction of the Holy Spirit? Last Supper, same time, same meal. This is what Jesus says. He goes, and when he comes, the Holy Spirit comes. He will convict the world concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment. Anyone? You don't have to. Yeah, let's raise our hands. Let's be bold. Anyone ever felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit? 
Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. What a gift it is, right? What a gift that is. What a gift. How beautiful it is when you're heading to that party. And you know that party has got all kinds of drugs. It's got too much alcohol. And then he just says, detour, road closed ahead, falling rocks. You ever been in that dating relationship and things are moving a little too fast? Slow down, speed bumps ahead. You go that fast, fast your car is going to break apart. You ever had that trains, planes, and automobiles moment? You're going the wrong way. Has the Holy Spirit ever... I, sometimes the Holy, He knows how to speak your language. Have you noticed that? The Holy Spirit knows how to speak to you. Have you ever had Him just shout, You're going the wrong way. Way over here, Dan. Like, way over here. Oh, man. Aren't you thankful for the conviction of the Holy Spirit? Our advocate, helper, spirit of the truth with us forever. But even though he's living inside of us, willing to lead us, willing to help us, often, let's just be honest, as followers of Jesus Christ, we do not listen to him. Right? We do not live by the power of God who dwells in us. How many times do we go through the challenges of life? And you don't have to raise your hands on this one. I'll, I'll just speak for you. Just how many times do we go through the challenges of life feeling like nobody cares? How many times do we face the challenges of life feeling completely alone? Right. No one willing to help me. No one showing me concern. No one showing me compassion. If someone would just show me a little bit of kindness. Many Christians walk through this earth, walk on this journey, feeling completely abandoned. I think every one of us at some point or another has had that thought, you know, maybe Bette Midler was right. You ever thought that? I thought, you know, there might be a God, but he ain't here. Right. There might be a God somewhere, but he ain't here. Maybe that's you today. Maybe you're thinking, you know, God, you're more than a story than a reality. Your faith, maybe it feels a lot more like just a bunch of rules and religion than a loving relationship with your maker. But today the Lord, he wants to tell you, just like he told his disciples, that by the power of the Holy Spirit, he's here and you're not alone. You're not alone He's here in this room. He's not just here in this room, but he's here in you. He's here in me. And when you're feeling alone, when you're feeling abandoned, that's exactly when you can rise up in faith and you can call in the name of the Lord. And you can say in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, would you just come? Would you come and fill my life again in those moments of emptiness? It's the perfect time for you just to boldly ask spirit of God fall fresh on me. Would you invade my life? Like never before, moving me, breathing me, breath of God. So good. Jesus, he talks about the Holy Spirit in John chapter 7, verse 38. And he says, whoever believes in me, listen closely. He says, whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. And he goes on to say that when Jesus is talking about rivers of living water, he's actually talking about the Holy Spirit. And some of us, if you're in that dry place or, or that place where maybe God seems distant, now is the time for you to call on the rivers of God, his living spirit, to now flow again. Have you seen a river before? I think I got a picture of a river. You know what river that is, actually? Just give a guess. It's very churchy. The Jordan River. Yeah, good, good work. Two points. I think you get them in heaven. I don't know. But two points. Uh, river. Jordan River. The power of a river. 
The power of a river. I think it might be time for some of us to get honest with the Lord. Just say, you know, God, if I'm truthful, your river is feeling a whole lot more like just that stale pond. You know the one I'm talking about with the mildew and the weird lily pads and the creatures that have two heads, right? Like it's just not a flowing river. Sometimes it's almost as if a dam. Have you ever had this experience? It's as if a dam has stopped the river's flow. You ever been there before? And there's that moment where you rise up in faith and you just declare. And by the way, when you declare, this is not just something goes on your brain. You may to speak it into the atmosphere. In the mighty name of Jesus, would you break through my apathy? Would you break through my laziness? In the mighty name of Jesus, hallelujah, would you break through my excuses? How many times have we let the excuses just shackle us to a pathetic, boring life? Jesus, in the name of you, would you just right now remove all bitterness, all anger, all wrath, envy, jealousy, the things in my heart that are just spewing hatred to my brothers and my sisters? In the name of Jesus, would you break through the dam of fears and anxieties and worries? Would you break through and break forth in rushing, living water? Praise the Lord. And I don't know. And this isn't just for those of you that are feeling distant. This is for me. This is for every one of us. This is for anyone, whether you're on a valley or a mountaintop. It's just regardless of where you are on the journey. And forgive us for our spiritual pride that just says I've learned everything that there's ever to be learned about the mysterious, unknowing, unsearchable God. And I'm just going to sit and walk with something that I experienced like 20, 30 years ago. How lame have we become to just press in right now, today, in this moment, Jesus, by your Holy Spirit. Would you rush through? Would you rush through? Don't you know the power of the river? There are things in your life that nothing is removing that thing except for the rushing, powerful rivers of God. I don't care how long you've been a Christian. Even if you are a Christian here or not, you need Jesus. You need the Spirit to rush through. And some of us need some things broken up in our lives. It's dangerous and scary to say it, but there are things. Just Jesus, by the power of your Holy Spirit, come, come, come and break the dam. Just this past week, church. On Monday, my day off. Praise the Lord for days off. I was sitting at the park at Lake Taps. You guys been to Lake Taps? Beautiful park. Um, my little girls are playing in the lake. My wife, which by the way, was really cold. Um, so um, I was in there for like 10 seconds. But So I was on the bench, being a good parent that I was. My wife is over at work at Valley Medical uh, doing her thing in the ER. So my girls are playing in the water. I'm by myself. And I just start praising the Lord, just speaking to him in my prayer language. Right? And I gag. I know, totally disgusting and... But that's what happened. I'm just being truthful here. So, okay. Try it again. Heaved again. I went again, third time. And it sounded completely different. And I knew what the Lord was telling me. In that moment, he was calling me to a fresh relationship with God Almighty. He was calling me to a fresh conversation with the lover of my soul. That I wasn't going to rely on old manna. I wasn't going to rely on old revelation. I wasn't even going to rely on an old way of doing things. He was calling me into the newness of walking with Jesus. He was calling me into a new conversation with God. He was calling me into new waters of abundant life that would carry me deeper, further, farther, greater into a love relationship with God. It was so exciting. Have you had that happen before? 
I'm kind of excited this morning. It was so exciting. It was so fresh. Some of you need a shower. You just know what I'm talking about. You need the rushing waters of God to just wash through. It's so good. Rushing waters. Rushing waters. Washing waters. And I, I don't know where you are on the journey. But regardless, really, honest, regardless of where you're at, could all of us just humble ourselves enough not to settle for where we've been, but instead ask the Holy Spirit of God to help us and lead us into where he wants to take us. That we would jump into the deeper waters of his presence. I can't tell you how many times I've said that since Monday. The Lord is calling me to deeper waters. Deeper waters. We trust the promise of his word. He says, those who draw near to me, I will draw near to them. So wherever we are on this road trip, he is willing, he's ready, he's able to take us into a closer, deeper relationship with him. I have a very personal example of this in my life, as someone who is seeing God work in this kind of way in her life. And I am just so excited to hear her share today. Would you please welcome my wife, Mary Bursch, to the stage. I'm going to have to lower this. It's funny you were sharing some self-depreciating story about you sweating over here. And I was, I don't know why, I don't know, God must have thought it was funny, but I was down there blotting my forehead because as much as you're sweaty guy, I'm shiny girl. And I was just, I actually got my passport photo rejected because my forehead was too shiny. So there you go. But speaking of my passport, um, Dan asked me to get up and share an experience that I had had with the Lord a couple months ago on my trip to Israel. And so just a little bit of a backstory. I have been walking with the Lord. I accepted Jesus about 30 years ago. Um, I know it's hard to believe because I'm only 25, but, um, and I've been walking with him pretty much all of those 30 years. Uh, and you know, when I asked the Lord into my heart, I also received the Holy Spirit as we all have. And, um, but the last six years or so, um, even though all of my walk with the Lord, I've heard his voice and I've seen him move and I've seen him use me um, to fulfill his purposes and his vision. But about the last six years or so, um, I just felt like I was hearing from him and I was trying to do what he was asking me to do. But I was trying really, really hard and I felt like the things that I were doing I wasn't producing any fruit, and no matter how hard I tried, and I was tired, and I was exhausted, and I couldn't get any traction, and I was really discouraged, and I remember just praying, like, Lord, can you just help me? Like, I hear you, and I know what you're asking me to do, but every time I try to do it, I just feel like I just can't get going. It's like the hamster wheel. You know, you're just going round and round and round and round, and you're not going anywhere, and I mean, I even had the thought, I'm like, do I need medication? Like, I just can't focus in on what you're asking me. And so I was kind of at that point before I went to Israel. And 
along with that, there was another area that I was really having a a hard time um, dealing with. And it kind of become a source of um, shame and embarrassment for me. And it should never have been. Let me just preface by saying that. Um, it should never have been, but I had allowed it to become an embarrassing thing for me. And that was that I couldn't, I had no prayer language. And as the wife of a Pentecostal four-square pastor, and being surrounded by that for years, and I see us pray in our prayer languages, and I know the power that it that it has, and I know the effectiveness of it, and I know the atmosphere and the breakthrough that happened with your prayer language, and I just couldn't. Like, it wasn't there. And I'd prayed for it, and I struggled. I struggled with the fact that it just wasn't there. And I even had other people pray for me. Um, where's Bobby? She's still in here? Oh, okay. Wh- Ray. Ray. I'm going to cry. I went and visited Ray right before he died. And he just spoke so kindly to me about, he's like, Mary, the spirit is in you, and it's okay, and you just need to let go. And I'd heard that, and I wanted it so bad, but I knew why it wasn't coming. And it wasn't coming because, um, not because people weren't praying for me and not because I didn't want it, but because, to put it in the language in terms of what we're talking about, I'd built a dam and I'd built a dam of fear. And I was ready to surrender 95, 96% of myself to the Lord. But there was just that little tiny bit that I always kind of held on to. And as silly as it was, it was that, it was a Bible verse that just kept scaring me. And it was like, to whom much is given, much is required. And I was just like, God, I'm scared of what you're going to require of me. I don't know what that's going to look like. And it was that little tiny bit that just kind of had built that dam over all of the years that I've been walking with the Lord. Um, so anyway, so that's where I was parked at when the Lord provided. I had no desire to go to Israel, and the Lord just like, he's like, you're going. And I said, okay. <laughs> and I didn't know why. But I kind of began to feel this stirring inside of me that I was going to finally get my prayer language when I went to Israel. And it was going to be right after I was baptized in the Jordan. Because isn't that like a movie moment? You know, you go get baptized in the Jordan River. And we got there. And um, before that, I had shared. I hadn't really shared with anybody. And speaking of not going alone, I finally opened up and I shared with two very dear friends. And they'd been praying for me and actually were right there, one on each side of me, baptizing me. And I went under the water. And I came back up. And it was beautiful, and it was awesome, and I had these wonderful prayer warriors on both sides of me praying for me, but I was like, (laughs) and nothing came out. There was no dove that, like, descended out of the heavens. I didn't even get pooped on. I mean, there was, like, nothing. And so... It was when I received the prayers that were prayed for me, and we packed up our stuff, and we walked out to the bus. And I, I remember feeling, um, I remember feeling really disappointed as we walked out. But I also remember that I said, you know what? No, I'm not. It's okay. It's okay. That's what I kept telling myself. It's okay. Um, I'm not going to allow this to become a wound because if I allow it to become a wound, 
then it's going to start festering and it's going to become a, a thing. And I didn't want it to become a thing. So I just kept saying, it's okay. It's all right. And we got on the bus and um, about 24 hours later, we were back on the bus and um, had been on the road for a while. And one of the pastors got up and he said, you know, I just kind of feel like somebody on the bus today just needs to be prayed for. You need some people to come around you and to just lay hands on you and pray for you. And I knew that was me. And instead of my heart being soft and saying, like, that's me, I need prayer, I recoiled um, and I clamped down and I said, I am not raising my hand. And I remember almost out loud, I said to God, I'm like, no, like, I'm not raising my hand. I don't want anybody to touch me, let alone pray for me right now. And as soon as that came out, I again, just kind of like it caught me by surprise. And I was like, I've let it become a wound. In just that short amount of time, it had just seeded so deep in my soul. And I, the Lord had delivered me from a lot of insecurity at the women's retreat back in March. And it was like a floodgate instantly. All of those feelings of insecurity came sweeping back in. You're not good enough. You don't deserve it. That's for somebody else. It's not for you. Um, and I remember I finally just sat and I looked out the window and I just cried. And I turned to my friend and I'd finally been able to put words to the feelings that I had been feeling for so many years, and I said, I feel left out. And I just cried some more. And I'm like, that's it. I feel left out. Here's this thing that I've asked for for so long, and you haven't given it to me, and I feel left out. And so my friend that was sitting next to me, she um, she thinks I didn't know, but I knew. Sarah, I knew. She's watching. I knew. Uh, she had texted another wonderful woman that we'd let on, um, met on the trip, or she knew her, but I had met on the trip, that um, she is very passionate about praying with people and just walking beside them and just teaching them how easy it is to just ask the Spirit to come in and fill you. And that it doesn't have to be a scary thing and it doesn't have to be an intimidating thing. And um, she actually teaches a class on how to pray for the filling of the Spirit for children. And it's just wonderful. But um, so she had texted her and said, could you please come up to our room tonight and will you pray with Mary? And um, over the course of that day, a lot of stuff happened before we got, this is in Jerusalem, before we got there with between the Lord and I. It's a long story, but I'd finally gotten to the point where I was able to just kind of let go of my fear and just be like, God, I'm ready. I'm just ready for all of it. And so there I was in my hotel room sitting crisscross applesauce on my bed, and I had one here sitting crisscross applesauce next to me and one here and one here, and we just went to work, and we just prayed, and I wasn't alone. It's just such an important part to know that you just can't do it alone. I had the presence of the Lord in that room. I've never experienced something like that in my entire life. It was just peaceful, and it was love, and it was beautiful. And we were persistent, and we prayed, and we prayed, and we just kept praying. And, you know, over and over again, it was like like the Spirit is in you, and the Spirit is in you, and the Spirit's in you, and you, and you. And it's in all of us. If you know Jesus, you have the Spirit in you. And it was just that let go moment, like stop fighting, get the damn uh, knocked down, you know, stop. And I knew it. And so I was able to finally, for the first time, embarrass, I keep saying embarrass, I shouldn't be embarrassed, for the first time in 30 years to honestly be able to say, God, I'm giving you 100% today. 
I'm giving it to you. And I asked the Lord for everything that he had. I thought I was going in there asking for my prayer language. And can I tell you that I did not leave that night with any prayer language. But what I did leave with that night was the presence of the Lord. And what I did leave with was the release of all my fear. And what I did leave with was a fresh filling of the spirit. Do I speak in my prayer language now? Absolutely. 100% I do. But more than that, the Lord was very gracious in that. More than that, I feel a release of that raging river that Dan was talking about. I just feel so much. I have a greater ability to hear him. I always could hear him, but now it's like my ear is finely tuned um, to execute the vision that he's putting in my heart, to bring me um, opportunities, to bring me connections, to um, as I follow him and the little things that he's asking me, he's putting everything together and weaving this beautiful work in my life. Um, the prayers of desperation that I prayed for him to help me to do what he was asking, they've been answered. Um, and the sad part about it, I think, for me, it was that the only person that kept me from that was me. God wasn't keeping those things away from me. It was literally like he put it right in front of me because I asked for it, and God's a good God, and he gives us what we ask for, but I like would get this close. And just be like, I want it. But I just couldn't do this part and reach down and take it. And I just feel like if that's you this morning, if you've been walking with the Lord for any amount of time, whether you're a new Christian or whether you're like me and you've been walking with the Lord for 30 years and you just have something blocking that ability to just surrender at all and ask for everything, that this morning you would just stop. Because if I knew what it would be like where I am right now, I would have never held on so tight to that tiny little 1% of myself. It was just so ridiculous, but it was such a stronghold in my life and such a dam that I had built up. And if that's you this morning, I just want to encourage you to just give it to the Lord. So this is what we're going to do. We have about five minutes, and we just want to seek the Lord together with you. And so uh, we'd actually invite you, if you'd be willing, to stand um, to your feet. And I don't know who. I, I don't. I just hate it when I'm the guy. If you tell me instructions, I'll just do the opposite. Like I don't want anyone to tell me what to do. But I'm, I'm just going to offer this. For some of you, uh, as we pray, there might be something stirring within you that says, I need to take a step forward. And so if that's you, we'd also just invite you to come forward and we'll pray for you. I love what Mary said, just the uh, shame that we all feel in, on our journey with the Lord for various reasons. Um, don't you know family is able to just pierce your heart with some of their words and devastate you? Sometimes it's your relationships, it's employees, it's workers, it's news, TV, just different things in your life, experiences that cause you to just kind of give up and say, well, maybe it's just not for me.
But as much as we can, we're trying to learn as a couple and as pastors just to run deeper and further into God's presence that I'm just so embarrassed by my pride that I want to be a kid again before the Lord. I want to have a dad again who's a heavenly father who loves me and gives good gifts to his son. If any of you are in that place of just like regardless of where you are on the journey, just Holy Spirit, come have your way 100% all the way. Just, I'm just done. I'm done. I'm done living in fear. I'm done living in worry. I'm done holding on to this broken heart and my excuses as, uh, as the reason why I'm not going to jump into your ocean of your grace. Like, I'm just done. I'm, I'm ready to be carried away by your rushing living waters. And so we're going to pray for you guys. And uh, Mary, I'd ask Mary if you'd pray. And then, uh, and however that looks for you guys. But some of you, you just need, know what it means. And that you need to take a step forward. An intentional step forward. I don't care about every, if the person to my left or to my right. But for as for me, Jesus, by your Holy Spirit, do a work in me. Change me. I do not want to leave here the same. Hallelujah. Would you pray for us? And if there's people in front and you're able to, if you could come up and just lay a hand on them and we're going to pray anywhere around here. Lord, God, we just come before you this morning, Lord, and we're tired. God, we're tired of fighting. We're out of juice, God, because we've been trying to do it for so long on our own, Lord, and not with your strength, God. God, this morning, I just ask that you would break that spirit of shame or condemnation that's on anybody in here, Lord, that feels like they're not enough or that they don't have what it takes or that they keep messing up. They keep trying, Lord, and they're just two steps forward, one step back. God, we just break that spirit of shame and condemnation on them right now, Lord. That's not from you. You never spoke that over them, God. You didn't say that. Lord, you give us freedom, Lord, and you give us grace, Jesus, and you give us hope. So this morning, Lord, break that off of them, God, and would you just begin to replace that, Lord, with your power, God, and with your healing, Lord. God, as they begin to just pray a prayer of surrender, Lord, and giving it all to you, Lord, 100%, Lord, I'm not holding anything back anymore, God. I'm tired of doing it on my own. Lord, I can't do, I don't want to do it without you anymore, Jesus. Would you just begin to fill them, Lord? Fill them with your spirit, Lord. Fill them all the way to the top, Lord. Let it overflow like a river, God, that's just rushing through them this morning, God. Would you open gifts that they've never had open before, Lord? Everything that you have for them, Father, everything that you have for them, Jesus, that there would be nothing held back this morning, God, as they raise their hands and surrender to you, Lord, that you would just dump everything that you have on them, Lord. And God, as they receive that, Father, that as they begin to walk that out, Lord, that they would begin to see the power that they have within them, Lord. As they walk through their day, Lord, that you give them newness, Lord, that you give them fresh wind and fresh waters, God, and that they'll be able to see a difference, Lord, that when they go to work, God, and they're trying to do things for you, Lord, that there's that extra little boost of 
a determination, Lord, that they're walking in the Spirit, and they're walking in the Spirit like never before, God. And if anybody is seeking their prayer language, God, and they don't have it yet, Father, God, would you just give it to them, Lord? Would you allow them, Lord, to just open their mouths and be able to just pray, Lord, like they've never been able to pray before, God? That they have that desire, Lord, to be able to just go a little bit further and to be a little bit more effective, God, and to just have everything that you have for them, Lord. I just pray that over them right now, Lord. There would just be an unleashing of your spirit in here today, God. Lord, we love you. God, we thank you for your spirit, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, we love you. Oh, how we love you. You are the one of hearts adore. We love you, Jesus. We love you. Oh, how we love you. You are the one of hearts adore. Jesus, we love you. Oh, how we love you. You are the one of hearts adore. Our affection, our devotion, Poured out on the feet of Jesus, our affection, our devotion. We pour out on the feet of Jesus, our affection, our devotion. Poured out on the feet, oh Jesus, we love you, oh how we love you, you are the one our hearts adore, we sing one more time, Jesus, we love you. Oh, how we love you. 